Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Friday, October the 14th. Ian Cameron and Alex P. Smith with you, ready to break down the Friday NHL card. And I'm doing my uh, Chris Collinsworth impression from several weeks ago <laughs> uh, when he went through that. That was that Dallas-Tampa Bay. It was the first Sunday yeah. night NFL game of the season, and he sounded like shit. And boy, do I sound like it right now as well. <laughs> uh, battling through a some throat issues today. The voice is just shot, but... We'll get you through this Friday show. Thankfully, it's not a Thursday or Saturday or Tuesday-sized card. Right. We only have four games, of course, on this uh, Friday slate, so we'll get to those in just a second. Uh, briefly, we'll talk about last night, rapid-fire fashion. Um, Buffalo Sabres, nice win, workmanlike, solid, very good defensively. And Craig Anderson, turn back time for him. Uh, very, very solid in net for Buffalo, leading them to a a uh, 4-1 to one victory over the Ottawa Senators. Very disappointing for me. We didn't have a few more goals. As, as Growing up as a Sabre fan, I was happy to see Buffalo win, uh, but was hoping for a few more goals as I really liked that over. It fell short. But look, give credit to uh, both teams defensively and both goalies, Forsberg and Anderson, played pretty well uh, in that game. Toronto with a bounce back against Washington. Uh, not pretty, not easy, uh, but they got the uh, job done and uh, deserved a win too. They heavily outshot Washington and uh, Alex, there's issues right now with this Washington team for sure. Yeah. Uh, they look every bit like that team that we were worried about coming into the year. Lack of foot. I don't find Alex that they are as fast as they've been in years past. I'm seeing them lose puck battles. I'm seeing them lose foot race uh, wars for loose pucks all over the ice, taking a lot of penalties. That was another issue for them uh, last night, and it really hurt them in the third period. Uh, there's issues with Washington, and look, actually, I think one of the shockingly best parts about their game last night was the play of Charlie Lindgren. Believe it or not, without him, it could have been a lot worse uh, for Washington. We saw Kemper struggle going from Colorado's blue line to Washington's in that first start he had against Boston. So Alex Washington looks like they've got some problems to fix right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's interesting because, you know, obviously everybody's looking at Ovechkin and, and getting the record. He's 21 goals short of, uh, of tying Gordie Howe and getting the second place in the all-time goals list. The way this team is built, can he get 25, 30 goals? I mean, this is a guy who had been putting up 50 goals year after year after year. Now you wonder, you know, it, it, he's fine, but the rest of the team around him is not not good at all right now. They're not in good form. They're playing as if they're a, a, a dead dog team in the middle of the season, and it's game two. That's a really bad sign. And they, like I said, they're, they're an older team. They just seem slower foot, losing puck battles, not passing the puck cleanly as well, something I mentioned the other day. Uh, there's going to be a lot of question marks now in Washington. And obviously, you're not going to trade Ovechkin. But at the same time, it's like, you know, what what do you do with this with this franchise? Because they don't have that much depth in, in Hershey. And it's not like they've really, you know, they, they've kind of been uh, a win-now team for a long time. So they don't have a lot of things built up. Uh, a rebuild in, a, in two or three years would have to take a you know a good while, honestly, with with this team. So the, they got to get things rolling in the right direction sooner than later. Otherwise, it can get really ugly in the nation's capital. It definitely could, and uh, an zero and two start for uh, Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. How about the Philadelphia Flyers? I've got them to win, be the worst team in the NHL, and uh, well, for one night they made me look bad. Uh, with a nice win over New Jersey. But I watched that game. I had a ticket on the Devils. I laid the price with them on the road, knowing, hey, this is a flighty Devils team. I just thought Philly was that bad. Man, was that a comedy of errors for New Jersey uh, defensively. Oh, my goodness, the turnovers, just the lack of co proper coverage, losing uh, forwards, getting free, 
and getting able to just have too much space, time and space in the offensive zone. Uh, Blackwood had a terrible rebound on one goal that resulted in one of the Philadelphia goals. So questions with him once again in net. What else is new? Very, very disappointing first game from New Jersey there. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I'm not reading too much. Like I said, I wasn't going to read too much into really anything that happened with this game as far as wins and losses. These are two bad teams. New Jersey's got more potential upside for this season, but uh, you know that was just a rough start. And and the reason why I don't like New Jersey as much as some people do is because of they can turn in efforts like they did last night. Uh, you know, Flyers. Okay, they get a win. You know, sometimes a blind score finds a nut. A broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, that's pretty much how I look at it. This is still a pretty bad Flyers team. Uh, and, you know, sometimes with these really bad teams, and we'll talk about another one later, uh, you know, you want to look to maybe, you know, not instantly fade them the next game. But when you see these these top, t- you know, these bottom tier teams get their wins, they're not going to string them together two, three, four games in a row too often. So that's something to keep an eye on when we're talking about the Coyotes and Blackhawks and Flyers of the world. Yeah, no doubt. And the other games last night uh, that we saw, uh, we saw Dallas 4-1. Uh, we both liked Dallas last night. We figured situationally, and believe it or not, we have another situation involving one of those teams that played over in Prague taking place tonight. We'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, Dallas 4-1. They jumped on Nashville early 2-0. What a first impression for Mason Marchment uh, with his new team. Fantastic performance from him. Uh, and he was a great signing and addition. For the Dallas Stars and, you know, nights where Ben and Sagan are quiet, you know, you're going to have uh, a guy like Mason Marchment there. Pavelski chipped in with a goal. What else is new? Uh, you know, you, you got some opportunity to be a decent offensive team here with Dallas with Hintz and Pavelski and Robertson. You now had Marchment. Uh, so a nice performance there from the Stars. Uh, we saw Vegas shut out Chicago one nothing. I got to give Staylock credit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he hung in there. Uh, only gave up one goal, but again, Chicago gets shut down by the Golden Knights, who looked excellent defensively. They really did not give Chicago a whole lot. Uh, Logan Thompson gets the uh, shutout for the uh, Golden Knights, and we're finding out Thompson's pretty capable goalie. I think he's had a nice start to the year. Last year, he played pretty well. Uh, Seattle beating L.A. 4-1. to one. That was dis- it's been disappointing that L.A. starts 0-2. You know, they had that very t- disappointing uh, loss in the final minute against Vegas with the giveaway. And then last night, you know, down by two goals on home ice, staring at an 0-2 start to the year, there was no push from them. I mean, it was really, really disheartening if I'm a Kings fan, seeing the way that game transpired last night. But give Seattle credit. What a bounce back from them after coughing it up against Anaheim to come back on a back-to-back on the road and get the job done against the Kings, a very good performance. They're going to be able to score goals this year, Seattle. We're finding that out. Burakovsky and... uh, uh, Bjorkstrand have helped that offense. Matty Beneers, you know, hits the score sheet again last night. Didn't score a goal, but got a point uh, in the game. I mean, this is going to be a better offensive team. We saw Calgary take care of Colorado 5-3. There was a reason why Calgary was favored uh, over the Stanley Cup champs last night. Uh, definitely a spot and situational advantage for them, uh, and they took uh, advantage of it with the 5-3 win. And even when Colorado played pretty much a horrible game by their standards, there they are. They're still in the third period making a push, making it interesting, uh, and trying to have the empty net down by two goals, but they end up losing 5-3. And maybe the performance of the night has to go to the New York Rangers uh, yeah. against the Minnesota Wild, a 7-3. Now, in the first period, if you watched that game, which I did quite a bit, and I know Alex did, it's just Sturkin had to make a bunch of good saves. I mean, Minnesota really did have their chances early, but the difference is Minnesota didn't finish their chances. New York, when they got them, 
they did finish their chances. That was the difference. That's why they got the early lead. Minnesota had a golden opportunity with an extended five on three, and they could not capitalize on it. And right when that happened, I'm like, that's they probably lost their chance to get back into the game. Uh, and sure enough, uh, Rangers pull away, add to the lead, and they end up winning 7-3. Man, do they look good. Uh, offensively, defensively, the power play looks awesome. The special teams looks good. Shesterkin picking up where he left off last year. Nothing not to like about the New York Rangers so far through the first uh, two games of the season. Kreider's advantage. Ed Kako has come to life. Uh, he scores last night playing on that top line, taking advantage of an opportunity. No question about that. Great start for the Rangers. Really good fight, too, in the game. Marcus Foligno and Ryan Reeves. It was good to see that. Well, what a tough son of a gun Foligno is. Do you know how tough it is to say, yeah, I'm going to drop the gloves with big boy Ryan Reeves there. Uh, that's not an easy assignment. And Marcus Foligno took that assignment, trying to spark his team, You know, trying to get them uh, to wake up a little bit. So props to Marcus Foligno. You earned my respect uh, for that last night. Uh, Alex, uh, the rest of the games, what did you think? Well, yeah, just going back to that Wild and Rangers game, you know, like I said, you know, don't want to overreact. It's the first week. It's the first home game. Uh, and the Wild got outclassed by a better team. Uh, it, it's simple as that. The Rangers, when they are healthy and they have everything rolling, they are one of the more dominant teams in, in hockey, if not the best team in the league. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I still think this is going to be a Stanley Cup final preview. I actually went out last night and talked to a lot of people because it was a, a big sellout crowd. Talked to a lot of people after the game just to kind of just like to, you know, get the pulse of what just the general fan thinks. And a lot of people were saying the same thing. They said, you know, okay, it wasn't so much that the Wild played really bad. It was just that the Rangers were just a really good team. And uh, and that just seems to be that kind of the consensus everywhere. So I uh, don't, don't you know, knock the Wild down a peg or two in my rankings because of that loss. I think they still will be a, a solid team. They'll have another tough test against them, a team that they play really well against in the L.A. Kings, which you mentioned they lost 4-1 to in Seattle. And uh, the Kraken, like I said, yeah, with this this burst of offense, you know, you just wonder how long will it last? Can they be a team that gives you four or five goals every night, win or lose? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But so far, so good, uh, the offensive production for the Kraken. And, uh, you know, you mentioned also talk about the, the Dallas win. Like I said, this is a Dallas team. I know everybody still thinks St. Louis could can kind of hang around the Central, uh, the people who are, you know, kind of up and down with Nashville. But I think Dallas – is definitely firmly in that top three right there with Minnesota and, and Colorado in the Central Division. Uh, like I said, now adding Marchment, getting his offensive play, if they can get some some balanced offense and scoring to go along with that defense, and of course the great goaltending from from Ottinger only allowing one goal uh, in that game, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Question about that? Yeah, I mean that's uh, last night was the first uh, fall from grace for me in the NHL season from a betting standpoint. I mean I had a great Tuesday, uh, you know, two and one. Rangers cashed the over in the Vegas LA game. Wednesday was a terrific night. Uh, the props were just crushing it. Last night, the props, not so much. And the side and totals weren't as strong. Like the, the, the Ottawa Buffalo over fell short for me uh, last night. Uh, we saw the New Jersey didn't get it done. I did have Toronto in regulation, Dallas, Calgary. Uh, did have a few winners there. Vegas team total falls way short uh, against Chicago. And yep. then uh, LA and the uh, Seattle LA over uh, late in the uh, uh, night uh, falls short. So, yeah. You're going to have losing nights. It happens, but uh, still a good, profitable start to the year. No complaints. 
Yeah, it's been a rough a rough go for me in the first couple of days. You did have Matt Zuccarello to score last night. That's a, the first player prop I've had all all year and, and catch that. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be really select with those. I know, Ian, that's something you do a lot more than some of the other people. I mean, some of the other guests we have rotate, do more player prop stuff. I don't do too much of that. I like to look at team stuff uh, a bit more specifically. Missed with the first period overall on Florida and, and the Islanders. In Florida, it looks like it might take them a while to adapt to this new style, which makes me wonder, are they going to just go all in and keep playing this style? Or is Maurice going to make some adjustments and say, hey, you know, you guys used to a little bit more up-tempo. Maybe we should kind of open things up a little bit more. They still had a ton of chances in that first period, as did the Islanders. There was, there was a, uh, you know, the, seen a lot of high penalty calls early in games, which is something you like to have on your side when you have a first period over you want to see that kind of revolving door to the penalty box so those power play chances help you uh when you have that that one and a half or even especially a two uh you know and, and you look at a spot like arizona and pittsburgh where you know five good <laughs> what five minute span you get three goals from the penguins uh you know it's like i said we know it's going to be a rough year for the coyotes but you know, you, it's going to be hard to pinpoint those kind of spots where they're just going to lay an egg right out of the gate. You're going to see some teams hang around a little bit early, even though they're bad teams. The Hawks are a prime example, only allowing one goal. I, I was really stunned by that. Uh, I thought for sure that then Salak, like he said, he, he looked good. Uh, if he can turn in those kind of performances. And like I said, that's the, he looked like the way he did five, six years ago, you know, those, those years when he was with uh, the wild and playing backup and he was a solid one B or number two option, you know, but he's gone through a lot physically, uh, you know, and, and like I said, you know, just kind of wondering where his headspace is at, but, you know, he, he turned in a, a good effort against a, a King, uh, a Knights team, I should say, that is very solid. And Logan Thompson, you know, if you can still find, uh, you know, uh, rookie of the year uh, props for him, he might be somebody to take a flyer on because he's going to get the bulk of the work. We already know that. And and when he has these performances like he did to, uh, last night, like I said, I saw him in person when he played against the Wild late in the season. and He, he looked good. He, he has the form to be a potential number one goalie. And now that he's being thrusted in that spot, uh, you know, he's not shying away from it. So you might actually be able to get some value. And we talk about, uh, you know, the guys in Seattle, you know, everybody's talking about Owen Power, Buffalo, but uh, Logan Thompson has a decent running for the call trophy. No doubt. Uh, there's a bunch of, I'm looking at that prop right now. And again, Logan Thompson's considered a rookie because it's, this is only his first full season uh, in the NHL. So uh, that's why he's in that Calder uh, trophy uh, categorization, but there's Beneers, McTavish, Power, Perfetti for the Jets, Marco Rossi for the Wild, Kent Johnson, Columbus, Kuzmenko, I think at 14 to 1 is not bad in terms of a little down the board option because I think he could have a big year for Vancouver. And obviously, we saw him score his first goal uh, in his first game uh, the other night against Edmonton. So uh, there's definitely some good options there with the uh, Calder trophy race. And thank you for the kind words there in the chat. Someone uh, appreciate it very much. Their bankroll Spence, there it is, best hockey show uh, on the internet right now. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I, I think it's the best, uh, and I'm glad you guys do, but it's certainly, I think, the most in-depth. I don't think anybody goes to the depth of analysis we do and if we do every single game uh, every single day, which makes this show unique and great. All right, speaking of great, let's see what great bets we can find on the Friday NHL card. Let's start with Tampa Bay and Columbus. Tampa Bay minus 200 road favorites, sixth total in this game. So initially, I was actually had Columbus circled in this spot. Home opener, I'm not in a rush to uh, back Tampa Bay early in the year. 
talked about how they might just be looking to ease into the season. You know, if they go 0-2, 0-3 to start the year, I don't think it's a panic situation for the Lightning. You know, it's a very experienced team. They've been through the wars before. A slow start is not going to, you know, rattle them too much. But then Columbus suffers the 4-1 loss to Carolina. I was not as impressed with them as I thought I would be, certainly not their offense. And look, Carolina is a pretty good defensive team, but they, once Patrick Lyonnais, who got their only goal, once he got injured uh, in that game, and we're finding out today that Lyonnais is going to be out at least a month, uh, it looks like, or at least upwards of a month uh, with his injury. That's a big loss. He's, he's the guy that got their only goal uh, against Carolina the other night. Uh, and the chemistry that it looked like he might be able to develop with uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner was going to be uh, a big catalyst offensively for Columbus, and now you don't have that. Uh, available to you. So that's going to be an adjustment. Kent Johnson's been called back up to the Jackets. Uh, he will be in the lineup tonight. Looks like they're going to play him on the third line with Cole Sillinger and Gus Nyquist. Looks like that's going to be your third line. Uh, you might be asking with Lion A out, who is going to get that top line right wing position for Columbus? They're going to give it to Justin Danforth, it looks like, uh, on that uh, right wing top line with Boone Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau. And right away, that you know what that means, has me gravitating to the prop market where, look, they're playing a Tampa Bay team that's going to want to bounce back after the loss to New York. Uh, a Ranger team that we're seeing after two games is playing damn good. So it's not really real a real shame in that. But they did look lethargic. They did look a step slow uh, against New York. Uh, they'll have to be a whole lot better here. We know Tampa long-term, Alex, off a loss is very good. Can that be the case here is going to be the question. But And I know it won't be easy to score on Tampa. You know, Columbus only got one goal against Carolina. You're facing Andre Vasilevsky tonight, who is the starting starter in net, one of the best goalies in the NHL, uh, no question. But at the prices you're seeing with Danforth to score a goal, like we're seeing plus 480. All right, on him to score a goal tonight in some spots. He's going to be on the top line. You've got to, uh, for me. I, I when I see that kind of price, uh, plus four eighty on a guy playing on the top line to score a goal, I have to bet it. I just have to bet it at that price, plus four eighty. And it doesn't have to be a big bet. It can be just a few bucks. You have to put a little something on it uh, when you see plus four eighty on Justin Danforth when he's going to be on the top line to score a goal. Uh, here tonight in this game. Uh, I wouldn't mind even Kent Johnson for Columbus because I think he's going to have a nice season. I know he's not on the top six. He's on the third line, but that could be a prop you look at. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, I think they'll play a lot better. I think they'll probably win the game, but I'm not in a rush to lay the price with them here. Uh, you'd expect you'd expect a lot of their big, like Kucherov didn't do a lot. Braden Point even didn't do a lot uh, against uh, the Rangers the other night. So they need a little bit more out of them uh, here in this game. Tampa probably wins, but I, and usually off a loss, I want to back Tampa. Not at this price, though, and this ain't the same situation. I think this really could be a, a, a season where Tampa Bay, it's not this might be not the month you want to back them, game in and game out here in the month of October. So it's a tricky game because uh, I was actually going to line up and take a shot with the home dog here, Columbus, but then they look, they look offensively out of sorts against Carolina. Then Lion A gets hurt, and it's pretty much – taking me out of back in Columbus here uh, as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Tampa Bay, Columbus? Yeah, you know, this is a game I'm more than likely going to pass, but if I were to, if I had to, to bet something on it, I would probably maybe look at Tampa Bay first period puck line, laying the half goal at plus 135, and then look to approach it from a live angle. If they don't cash that, maybe try to look for uh, a live over, looking for a live first period over when that number drops down, you know, we always talk about trying to get the best of a, of a one and a half 
in that minus 130 to a plus range. Sometimes if you see a team that's, you know, kind of playing it really low and slow, you get lucky with a, a, a plus 150, and then it hits that half goal mark, and then you're laying, you know, laying a, a 140, 150 there as well. So just only need one goal uh, late in the period. If you're seeing, you know, it's kind of scoreless, teams just aren't really, you know, taking a lot of chances of being conservative in that first 10 minutes. Things might open up in that second. You can kind of split the period into 10-minute intervals. We see a lot of people do that with the yes-no prop on the first 10-minute goals. So you kind of look at that second 10 minutes and, and try to adjust for something live. That may be the approach you want to take with Tampa Bay games because, like I said, the way that they're starting off this year, it's a bit slow, and we're not seeing that offensive rush that we've seen from Tampa Bay in years past. So that's the thing. Also, when you're looking at a third-string goalie, which Columbus is we're going with Tarasov again in that, you want to see the form that he's at. He looked really good in the first period against uh, uh, Carolina in that first game. So maybe he, you know, he's one of those guys that starts off hot and then as he wears down and teams kind of, uh, you know, adjust and, and can kind of pick up, pick him apart later on during the game. Once again, that leads to some uh, possible live betting advantages for, you know, next to score, uh, you know, depending on how and Tampa Bay is one of the best teams in the league when it comes to adjusting in game. So definitely screams live spot for me, but as of right now, I've got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more of a prop game for me, you know, take a shot with a couple for Tampa Bay. Uh, Nick Paul is of interest to me here uh, for them. And like I said, Dan fourth on the top line, plus 480 to score a goal. I mean, I've just got to bet that he may not score, but I'd, I'd take a ch- chance on it at that price for a top line player playing with a Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. Uh, it's a good price there. And like I said, Sillinger Johnson for a Columbus. And Shinnikov, too. I wouldn't I wouldn't talk anyone out of coming back to Shinnikov because he did have a great preseason. Didn't score against a good Carolina team. Uh, but second line, I still think there's a potential for him to be uh, an offensive contributor this year uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, next up, we got the Montreal Canadiens and the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit minus 160, home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, this ha- it feels like that just that classic spot for a very young hockey team like Montreal, where they were amped up, totally uh, excited to get that season going against Toronto and a Toronto team that look, I think part of the reason why Montreal was able to win that game is I think Toronto assumed it was just going to be easy street the other night. Eh, it's Montreal. They've got five inexperienced blue liners for them outside of David Savard. How are they going to beat us? How are they going to defend us? Uh, and sure enough, you know, they got outworked. If you watch that game, clear as day from the beginning, Toronto Maple Leafs in that game, they got outworked, they got outplayed, they got outhustled by the Montreal Canadiens. That's why Montreal won that game. It's the old age-old adage, and it still applies. Will beat skill. All right, it does. And Montreal had more will in them uh, on uh, Wednesday night than Toronto did. And that was the difference. Plus Toronto with terrible puck management, turnovers just gaffes, including the game-winning goal where Jake Muzzin throws it right up the middle of the ice in his own zone with 20 seconds left. I mean, just nonsensical, horrible mistakes with the puck you just can't have happen. Uh, And Montreal was able to capitalize on it. Montreal, though, give uh, Cole Caulfield two goals in that game. They're going to be able to score, especially if you don't manage the puck. And I'm telling you right now, uh, the Detroit Red Wings uh, found that out. Or or sorry, the Toronto Maple Leafs found that out. You know, that uh, the rush uh, chances that you allow to the uh, Mon- uh, Montreal Canadiens can be deadly. Uh, let's see if Detroit maybe uh, picks up on that. I'm sure Derek Lalonde, who I think is a great hire for Detroit, their new head coach, a John Cooper disciple, uh, assistant with him for years, comes from a winning culture. Uh, I think you're going to see him really 
uh, drill that into his team's heads going into tonight. Don't turn the puck over against Montreal uh, because they can still capitalize on it. For the Red Wings, you know I'm high on this team coming into the year. You know that I think they're going to be a much improved team potentially. I, I'm going to stop short of saying they make the playoffs, um, but I do think they're an improved hockey team. You have to be, in my opinion, when you add a David Perron, uh, just a guy that can uh, is both great at both ends of the ice. Five-on-five five offense, the power play, he's going to strengthen that significantly. Uh, defensively away from the puck, he's a good forward. Andrew Kopp, a great two-way center. Uh, you add him. Uh, you've got uh, Oli Mata, uh, Ben Sherratt on the blue line, two very experienced defensemen added to this Detroit team to help out Mo Sider as he continues to evolve into one of the better defensemen in the league. Uh, Robert Haig is someone that's a, a veteran defenseman, stay at home, can block shots, that kind of player. You need some of those on your team. You know, they're going to be able to score when you look at that forward group. Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi had a great preseason, Vrana, Kopp, Perron. You know, I don't mind sprinkling on all of those guys in the Detroit top six to find the back of the net tonight. I'm still not sold on the Montreal blue line. I know they won against Toronto, but you're talking about a blue line that coming into the year, you've got Caden Gooley, Arbor Jacki, Chris Weidman, Jordan Harris, Johnny Kovacevic, you know, you've and with Mike Matheson out long-term, that's going to be a Montreal defense. That's going to have their growing pains clearly. And, you know, they survived Toronto, but Toronto gifted them so many of their goals. Uh, plus you look at Montreal wanting to beat Toronto. It's like a Stanley cup type of feel for them. They wanted the game so badly beating their rival uh, and getting off to a good start. But now you go from that great home atmosphere, beating the Leafs, to now going on the road, facing Detroit. I could see this very young team not having the maturity to back it up and play as well tonight here against Detroit. Uh, and, I, and I just think the Red Wings are going to end up being a better team this year than uh, the Canadians as well. So I'm on Detroit in regulation here. Uh, that's the bet for me. You can get a nice price on that around minus uh, 108. Uh, pretty good price with the uh, Red Wings uh, in regulation tonight to take care of business here. I lean to the over. I do have a smaller bet on the over here with the Canadians and the Red Wings. By the way, it will be Jake Allen, Billy Husso, uh, two former St. Louis Blues. Uh, that's the common thread there. Uh, two former St. Louis Blues in net for their respective teams tonight. Uh, Husso making his Red Wings debut. Interesting to see how he plays. But I'm on Red Wings in regulation as my primary a wager uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Montreal, Detroit. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's the first bet I made this morning. Uh, I got up and, and I was able to grab minus $1.15. You actually got a better price than, than I did. And we've seen that kind of come down just a little bit. And I think that had a lot to do with the fact that, you know, they were waiting to see if Huso or Nadelkovic was confirmed. So it's Huso tonight. Nadelkovic will be playing tomorrow against New Jersey. I mean, I might be looking at an over there possibly, even though I think Nadelkovic is going to have a better bounce back here. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people, and I have my goalie charts, they're up at uh, patreon.com slash ice guys. But I think I am higher on Nadelkovic than a lot of people. I think a lot of people are thinking that what they saw last year is what he's going to continue to do. And like I said, I think with a lot of goalies this year, they're going to be able to find a way to bounce back. The thing with Detroit is that with Billy Huso, he had a phenomenal year last year, and he was pretty much the number two option at the beginning of the season and then thrust himself into a 1A, 1B situation, eventually being the number one uh, goalie for St. Louis, helping them get into the playoffs. And it wasn't that he just completely fell off the earth in the postseason. It was just that he kind of faltered a little bit 
and the Blues wanted to shake some things up. They went back to Bennington, and Bennington was in tremendous form the rest of the way, even in, in their second-round loss uh, to Colorado. So with Huso, you know, you, you've got a, a strong enough sample size, and you've got tape on him now where you didn't really have – he didn't have that much uh, NHL experience before last season in a full year. Now you kind of wonder, okay, can he will he regress a little bit and be just kind of a, a you know a five hundred goalie, or can he keep that uh, you know momentum forward and, and be a true number one? You know, that's the thing with Detroit; they're running one A one B right now. But if Huso shows any signs like he did last year, he can run away with his job and, and end up getting 55, 60 starts. Uh, so I, I like Detroit here in this spot. Montreal, like you said, it, it's insane how Toronto could just think they could sleepwalk with Montreal when. You know, just two years ago, you played them as one of the worst teams in the league in the playoffs, and you got bounced out of there. Toronto shouldn't be taking anyone lightly. Yeah, aren't you supposed to get a clue from what happened two years ago yeah. that maybe you got to actually put your boots, work boots on and be ready to play for a full 60 minutes, regardless of who you play? There's not a such thing as a free two points in this league. Toronto apparently doesn't yeah. know that yet. You know, and and against a rival, no less too. I mean, the rivalry of Toronto Montreal is more than well documented. How do you how do you you know uh, take your foot off the gas if you're either team in that spot? I don't know, but uh, except for for Montreal here, you know, getting that win could be a little bit of a letdown. So maybe even look at, at Detroit first period as well as uh, as a full game in regulation. Yeah, I considered that actually first period as well, but I decided I'd just go with the full game because, uh, yeah. you know, you could see Montreal just a little carry over from the game and then Detroit gets stronger. Plus Detroit with the not having played and Montreal having played that maybe Montreal right. is just a little more fluidity early. That's why I went to the full game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, the regulation, that, that's the, the one official play I have is Detroit regulation. Yeah, Detroit in regulation for both of us here with this one. Uh, by the way, one last thing about props. I mentioned it. You could I, I've sprinkled just on a but small, very small, because I'm spraying the board here with these top six forwards, but Bertuzzi, Perron, Larkin, uh, Raymond, uh, all these guys for Detroit. Uh, we've got some kind of uh, play on them to score a goal. For Montreal, back to Caulfield, because I think he's that good right now. And, he, and you're not going to get plus 200 on him to score a goal forever. You're going to see eventually that come down more toward where it should be, I think, plus 150 or so. Uh, so definitely some uh, props to look at there with Habs, Jet, uh, Habs Red Wings. All right, Rangers and Jets. We've got the uh, Winnipeg Jets. How about minus 140 now? Home favorites here, the Winnipeg Jets, six and a half the total. It is a stone-cold Winnipeg spot. I mean, there is no denying that whatsoever. When you think of what's transpiring here, the Rangers beat Tampa on uh, Tuesday Go on the road, beat Minnesota 7-3 to three last night, third game in four nights, albeit early in the season. So these three and four nights aren't as taxing or they don't wear you down physically like they would, say, in January or February or March when it's later in the season. So keep that in mind. Everybody's still fresh as a daisy uh, for the most part. So, uh, But still tricky spot because you go from Minnesota on the road uh, you pretty much. You, I think they wanted to make a statement there because they know Minnesota is a good team uh, in the Western Conference, and boy, did they make a statement! Like I like we talked about in the open, uh, played a great game, offense, defense, special teams. They've looked great in two games. Now you go on the road for a second straight game. You got a lesser team here, Winnipeg, and you're going to rest Igor Shesterkin. You're going to give Yaroslav Halak uh, his first start. Uh, in the regular season as a New York Ranger, so there's definitely some warning signs that are you going to get New York's best tonight? That's a legit question. Uh, everything, actually, believe it or not, surprisingly positive. If you believe, if, if you believe the articles for Winnipeg saying that Rick Bonus is really challenging this team to be better defensively, they've really worked hard at that end of the ice, 
going into this season opener. Let's see how it transpires tonight. See if this is a better Winnipeg team defensively because that's where the problems were last year. And that's what Rick Bonus wants the team to be. He wants them to be in a, a few more 3-1, three to 3-2 three to two games this year, much like we saw with uh, the Dallas Stars when he coached there last year. So it definitely a huge situational advantage for Winnipeg. I, I don't hate the reasoning and the rationale behind backing Winnipeg, but I don't know at minus 140, I could do it at this point with where this price is now. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see too. We've got, I think Kyle Connor will have a nice year for them playing with Shifley and Ehlers. Cole Perfetti, who they've had hopes for to be a big time offensive uh, difference maker for them. He's going to get his first big opportunity here, second line for the uh, Winnipeg Jets with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler. So let's see how he handles that. Morgan Barron, one of their prospects, made the team uh, as well. I'm going to be the third line with Lowry and Appleton uh, as well. So we'll see how that goes. Um, look, this is – and I was talking to someone who I have a good friend of mine uh, and very good NHL better, and he said, this feels like – this game, New York and Winnipeg, feels and looks like Colorado-Calgary last night where, you know, it, 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 you should want to take Colorado as an underdog as it's defending Stanley Cup champions. You should want to take the New York Rangers, one of the best teams in the league as an underdog. But there's a reason the opponent is favored. And I said, okay, you're half right, but here's the difference with the two situations. Calgary, at on, with their best game, Alex, Calgary is close to Colorado. You know, that, that you know, there's not a huge gap between those two teams. When mm -hmm. Calgary's at their best, they can play with Colorado. They can beat Colorado, you know, six times out of ten or at least split, you know, go five and five if they played each other ten times in a row. With the Rangers and the Jets, I don't feel that way. You know, that's the big difference. I think the Rangers are significantly better uh, than the Winnipeg Jets, so it's not quite the same. Whereas, yeah, it was a situational edge for Calgary last night, but there they can beat Colorado. That's a really good hockey team. Yes, it's a situational edge for Winnipeg here tonight, which is why they're favored by this kind of price, but I don't feel that way about them against New York like I did with Calgary against Colorado. Winnipeg's not this much better than New York, right. where they should be minus 140 uh, favorites. So it's a pass for me. I lean under, believe it or not. Hopefully Halak's good. That's the wild card, right, that Halak has some good games, and he, he can still play well. I remember there was a game last year. He, sh he stood on his head a couple of times, but he also had some really rough games. So it depends on which Yarrow Halak we're going to see uh, here tonight, but I'm going to lean under because I'll tell you what, Winnipeg might be starting to become more of an under team because they've really, really honed in on defensive details throughout training camp. Let's see if it, uh, you know, shows itself here tonight in their first regular season game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Rangers jets. Yeah, this is definitely one that I have circled for a live wager. I'll be looking at the first period over at anything in plus money range like I said, even if, if we do see Halak play well, this is something I would try to look for and try to catch a, uh, the half goal over late in the first period because, like I said, the Winnipeg, they're trying to play more of a defensive style, but can you contain the New York Rangers? Even with the third game at four nights, like I said, if, if we see any kind of weakness with the Rangers tonight, I expect it to be more on the back end than the front end. Uh, the offense looks to be rocking and rolling the way that they, they were passing the puck uh, last night. I think, like I said, this is not a, a fatigue spot necessarily for the Rangers. I think they will still be able to get their offense rolling. And like I said, Winnipeg is not on the same defensive plateau uh, as the Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild is usually a, a very responsible defensive team, but they got caught looking quite silly at times uh, against the Rangers. So 
if the Jets, you know, they're trying to implement a new system, but if they don't have it down pat right away, uh, and as good as Hellebuck is, we could see them maybe give up a goal or two early in this contest. So, uh, you know, six and a half, yeah, definitely can't touch the full game over. But I would look to to get, like I said, plus money or even a half goal. So something late, something definitely after the 15-minute mark. Uh, if we have no scoring, I'll be looking for a first period over with the Rangers and Jets. Uh, to answer Cheshire Cat's question, I might actually have a couple bucks on the under. It's nothing significant. It wouldn't be a, like an official play status type of bet, but I might put a couple bucks on under six and a half. It is six and a half, and like I say, if we're gonna buy, I'm gonna buy in a little bit. To Winnipeg wants to play a little bit better uh, defensively, not be trading chances like they did uh, last season, and that's definitely something that Rick Bonus has been echoing. Uh, throughout training camp as far as props go really there's not not a huge game for me with player props I have one on each team that I really like I have Kako again for the Rangers because he's still undervalued believe it or not for a top line player I mean plus 335 I mean really to score a goal at uh, and he's getting and he's on the top line and playing with uh, DJ Zbad uh, Zabanajad uh, and uh, Kreider I mean to me that's tough to pass up that kind of price and I might look at a Cole Perfetti for Winnipeg Someone that I think he's finally got his chance. He's on the second line. He's going to get opportunity. He is a skilled offensive player. And Cole Perfetti to score a goal tonight at plus 360 uh, is the price you can find with that. And he's going to get the second line tonight with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler uh, for the uh, Jets. So uh, those are two players I would look at for props uh, when it comes to that game. All right, the final game now on this Friday uh, NHL slate. Carolina Hurricanes, San Jose Sharks. Carolina, minus 200 uh, road favorites here, six the total uh, in this game. Um, we saw it yesterday, play out to perfection. We're worried about Nashville coming back from the Czech Republic for that first home game. We're worried about San Jose, or at least I am as well tonight, first home game back from uh, the Czech Republic. And even though they play a day later, you know, a little bit more time, obviously, for San Jose compared to Nashville, but they also have more travel going back from the Czech Republic all the way to the West Coast there in the Bay Area uh, in San Jose. Regardless, even with the extra day, it's still a tricky spot uh, for San Jose uh, returning home for this first game. Um, Carolina, clearly the better team in a good spot. I think they could take it to San Jose in this game. The one little nagging concern is Carolina's actually had a tough time in San Jose. Believe it or not, it's been a really, really tough, uh, bizarre and strange and, quite frankly, rough. Uh, series history for the Hurricanes in San Jose, but I'm going to look past that for tonight. You know, maybe it's just a place that they struggle in, but there is no question about it. The Hurricanes are in a much better situation here than San Jose. We saw Nashville, it looked like they were stuck in mud, you know, last night against Dallas. They really didn't have a whole lot going. They had a bad start. They never recovered from it. I think it could be that same way for San Jose. And I stick to my guns here that San Jose is going to be one of the worst teams in the NHL maybe the worst team in the West uh, this year. Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, and Logan Couture. If you don't get consistent offense from anybody outside of those guys, you know, you're going to have a tough time finding the back of the net with what you've got on the third and the fourth line, which isn't much. And then the blue line this year. I mean, you got Eric Carlson not getting any younger or better. Matt Benning's been bounced around. C-Mac, uh, Jacob Magna, Mark Edward Vlasic finally had a decline last year. You know, as great a defenseman and shutdown defenseman as he's been, it's not uh, probably the best days are a little bit behind him. And then you've got two goalies with Reimer and Kakanen. It's going to be Reimer tonight uh, for uh, 
uh, for San Jose, facing one of his former teams, I should point out. But, you know, Reimer and Nett, who's just at this stage, I don't think a number one goalie that we trust uh, every single day. So uh, I like Carolina here, and I'm actually going to double up with Carolina in terms of split this up uh, between first period puck line, minus a half, plus 140, uh, first period puck line, and also Carolina in regulation at minus 128. Uh, is what I was able to get with that. So I think it's a nice little split bet, something I considered doing with Dallas last night, but I didn't. Now, it didn't matter because they won the game anyway, but uh, you saw in the first period, that was really where they jumped on Nashville. I could see Carolina uh, doing the same thing here against San Jose, get on that Sharks team early, get a lead, uh, and then end up uh, getting the uh, victory uh, after that. And from a prop standpoint, back to the well with our guy, Seth Jarvis, you know who. Uh, scored in the first game against Columbus, plus 265 to score a goal tonight. And we're going to once again do it, presidents of the USA style, move into the country, going to meet me a Marty Natchez. Martin Natchez scored as well against Columbus uh, and plus 325 for him uh, to score a goal tonight. I think that's worth a look as well. And he is going to get opportunity playing on that second line uh, for the second straight game with Svechnikov and Kotkaniemi for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So there you have it, a few props, and uh, Carolina first period puck line and in regulation full game. Uh, Alex, Carolina, San Jose, what do you like? Yeah, I would slightly lean with that uh, Canes first period puck line as well. And like I said, don't be discouraged by the fact that Carolina's lost six straight in San Jose and the home team is 20-7 and in the last 27 meetings because when you look back at those last – dozen games or so most of them were taking place in the middle of the year even uh as far back as you know a couple of years ago where it was a late october game and it was the end of a road trip so obviously when you're talking about a, a san jose a far west coast team and a far east coast team in carolina you're oftentimes talking about when the road trips are starting or ending for any given team so carolina starting a, a you know a fresh five game road trip off of a win at home I think this is a fresh and good spot for them. So I can see them coming out with some energy early. And, of course, uh, you know, Brent Burns, you know, everybody's uh, talking about him coming back to San Jose. Oh, yeah, Brent Burns got to get in on him. Point and score a goal. We like that angle, the former, the player against his former team. We always like that. And especially in this spot because he was a a really big fan favorite in San Jose. And so uh, I've been seeing nothing but tweets and and, and people, you know, uh, coming out and and supporting him. So that'll be a, a moment for sure. I'm sure there'll be a moment with him on the jumbotron and, and different things uh so yeah you see him being a bit jazzed up but san jose like i said coming back off of the Prague trip you, know, you just want to kind of see where their head is at this isn't a good team anyway so uh like i said we, you know we saw nashville get trounced early it could be even uglier for san jose because like i said carolina wants to start the road trip off hot they're a much better team so uh you know i'll go on and make it official too I, i'm right there with you with uh carolina first period puck line you got it's a plus 135 i'm looking for that and bet that as well all right, yeah, the Carolina puck line, first period, minus a half. Yeah, you can get plus 140 uh, in some spots. So it's a it's a solid price there. Uh, I'm on that as well as uh, Carolina in regulation, minus 128. Hey, it's set up on a silver platter for Carolina here. They're the better of these two teams, that they're in the better situation and better spot to finally snap that losing streak in San Jose. Uh, if it doesn't happen tonight, then probably won't back Carolina and San Jose anytime soon in the next few years. Uh, that's yeah. put it that way. There's no better opportunity for Carolina to finally get a win in San Jose uh, from a situational standpoint uh, than uh, tonight. Uh, I don't believe they've had a goalie confirmation Carolina yet, but I'd assume it's going to be Freddie Anderson uh, again 
uh, in uh, between the pipes for them. We know it's Reimer uh, for uh, the San Jose Sharks, but uh, yeah, I would expect it to be uh, Frederick Anderson here tonight for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, in this one. Uh, all right, there we go. That is the Friday uh, NHL card. Uh, we appreciate everybody as always tuning in here uh, on the Ice Guys show. Hit the like button if you're watching us uh, on YouTube. We appreciate it. Uh, Anderson confirmed 10 minutes ago, says someone in our chat. So there we go, as expected. Okay. Yeah, Freddie Anderson once again. Uh, in that. And remember, there's no back-to-back. -back. That's the one thing. The East Coast teams out West, a lot of times you have to worry about back-to-backs. They're yeah. off tomorrow. Uh, they play in Seattle uh, on uh, Sunday uh, after this Carolina. So uh, not a back-to-back -back situation, and that's why you're seeing uh, Frederick Anderson in net tonight. Uh, but we appreciate it. Hit the like button. Uh, one of the things that's been good about now with National Hockey Now is uh, – I'm in charge of posting the podcasts every day. So you're going to notice that the uh, the podcasts are pretty quick in terms of how, how they're up there. I mean, usually uh, shows that are over around 3, 3.30, usually they'll be up. The podcast will be available by 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Like today's show is going to be over earlier. So you'll probably get the podcast ready to roll by 3.30 uh, p.m. Eastern time. So uh, nice and quick with the uh, podcasts being uploaded. And remember, the Ice Guys podcast version of this show each and every day, seven days a week, is available on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts now uh, mm -hmm. as well. So uh, it's on all those platforms. Make sure you check it out. We have our first live Ice Guys BetCast on Tuesday, October 25th. So that's a week from this upcoming Tuesday. We're looking forward to that, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you join us uh, for that. All right, best bets to wrap up this edition of the show. Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? Mm -hmm. Me or you? <laughs> there, we there we go. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna head out to the Motor City. We're gonna back out the Detroit Red Wings on in regulation. I got minus a dollar fifteen. Shop around for a better price. Uh, I think we're gonna see them get off to a hot start. You know, a lot of people, and I've actually heard a quote from a couple of NHL scouts who said that they think of all the teams that have really made moves and and you know bolstered things in the offseason. Everybody's talking about Buffalo and Ottawa in that Atlantic Division. There's a lot of people who think that Detroit has done. Not so many big name moves, but enough moves to put together the right pieces, uh, which that's that's crucial. Obviously, you know, you don't always need big names, but they play as a full team unit and obviously have a good goalie like Billy Hughes. So he's probably one of the better goalies they've had in quite some time in Detroit. They should be able to take care of business here against a, a lowly Montreal team. So let's go with the Red Wings in regulation minus fifteen is my best bet. All right, Detroit in regulation against Montreal. Best bet for Alex P. Smith. Mine is going to be Carolina in regulation. Minus 128 against uh, San Jose. Uh, again, we saw we took advantage of this situation last night against Nashville, uh, and we're going to try to take advantage of this same situation tonight against San Jose. The first game back from the Prague Czech from, from the Czech Republic. Uh, Carolina, the better team anyway. Uh, Carolina uh, to get the job done here in regulation. Minus 128. Uh, against San Jose. Uh, that'll be my best bet for this Friday NHL uh, slate. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys, and we'll give the uh, uh, vo voice a rest for a little bit, get some lozenges and some uh, water in my system and uh, tea, a lemon tea, all kinds of stuff. We'll uh, try to uh, make sure we got this voice at least a little bit better for tomorrow. And speaking of tomorrow, make sure you join us. It is a huge card tomorrow. Yes. We are looking forward to it. 14 games. I, d I think we're going to do away with the recap segment tomorrow. We'll just get right into the uh, Saturday card uh, tomorrow because it is a big one. We've got 14 games uh, on tap 
uh, for Saturday uh, in the NHL. So it is a huge card. Uh, we're looking forward to breaking it down. Our first huge Saturday slate of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that excitement level, that bolt <laughs> of electricity through your veins when you've got that first Saturday slate, Alex, to look forward to. And uh, it'll be fun tomorrow breaking that down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, now we got these these huge cards on, on the Saturdays, and, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, random side note, too, involving that, for those of you who have bet online accounts, there's a free pick em contest where you can pick all 15 sides and a couple of the totals for tomorrow. And uh, they're giving away a total of $10,000 in prizes. First place gets 500 bucks. So it's something I jumped in for, just a little, a little fun kind of thing. So uh, it's something if you're watching the show tomorrow, you have a, a BOL account. Maybe look through that, and we can kind of help you along with the the big card tomorrow. Yeah, no question. Definitely give that uh, check that out and give that a look for sure. Uh, great time to get involved with something like that on a huge NHL card like tomorrow. So make sure you join us for that. Thanks to everyone for joining us today uh, for another edition of the Ice Guys NHL Hockey Betting Show. For Alex P. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday, noon Eastern time. Remember the start time. That is our uh, start time on weekends, noon Eastern. We will be with you tomorrow on Saturday to break down the huge Saturday NHL card. Uh, Make sure you join us for that Saturday, noon Eastern, for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.